Continuing on through uh, the book of Romans, Paul's epistle to the Romans, I think we're in our fourth week now, and uh, we're really we're heading towards the end of the letter. The first eight chapters have to do with the big picture uh, revelation that the gospel has brought to us concerning grace, concerning the sacrifice of Christ, concerning its application to us as individuals through the sacrament of baptism, uh, concerning the internal struggle, the moral struggle, uh, and the, the process of growth and holiness that the Holy Spirit affects in us um, through the grace of baptism. And then in chapters 9 through 12, um, we here at St. John's, we missed it, but I preached on it at uh, St. Michael's um, last Friday and then yesterday, 9 through 12 have to do with the relationship between um, those who have accepted the gospel and the remaining uh, number of Jewish people who have not and how they fit into God's plan. And it's an opportunity for St. Paul to kind of step back and look at big picture issues of God's providence and how he controls history and uh, certain things are they appear that God's not in control, but he really is in control, so forth and so on. And now we begin in chapter uh, 13, I'm sorry, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16, to, to deal with the most practical application of everything that Paul has taught. So he's high in the sky, and now he brings it down to the, to the earth, to our level. And so you have all these practical exhortations, and this is, it's a wonderful, inspiring list of um, St. Paul encouraging us to live holy lives, to live good lives. Let love be sincere, hate what is evil, hold to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Anticipate one another in showing honor. Do not grow slack in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, endure in affliction. It's just this great uh, list of encouragement and exhortation. And you can see and feel St. Paul's joy after everything he's talked about, how joyful he is to uh, express what it is to live as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, I often reflect, um, you know, you, you see, for example, so many aspects here of the Roman Christians and how they lived. For example, the emphasis on service is amazing. Every member of the body we're all members of the body of Christ, members of one another even. And that's how intimately we link to, are linked together. And there's an emphasis on service. So Paul says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. He doesn't say, since, you know, the clergy have gifts that differ, let them do. <laughs> he says, since we all have gifts, let us serve. If it's prophecy, if it's ministry, if it's teaching, it's exhortation, it's contributing um, leadership, acts of mercy, all these different things. All of these different gifts have been distributed evenly amongst both clergy and laity, and we all together are to serve. And I think that was a lot easier to do in Paul's day, or at least easier to understand in Paul's day, because the churches, you know, historically, quite a, quite a development here, because churches met in individual patrons' homes. So there would be a, a wealthy member of the church, who had a sizable banquet hall, perhaps. He opened it up, and that became the sacred space for the Christians to meet in. And uh, every individual Eucharistic assembly would have been no more than maybe 50 people, 60 people. So when you're in that kind of a setting, there's no anonymity. You can't sit in the back. Sorry about that, Mark. <laughs> you, can't, you can't sit in the back and just kind of like be uninvolved and pass in and out anonymously. 
You know, you're you're really present to everybody, and uh, you're you're brought to uh, mindfulness of how an essential part of the body you are. And uh, here you are um, spending lots of time. It wasn't 50 minutes, you know, in and out, bing and bada bing, bada boom. You know, you're in and out. It was quite a bit of time. I mean, they spent hours. You know, in the book of Acts talks about them starting a church service. They started at the Eucharistic Assembly somewhere around, I'm estimating, like, say, 8 o'clock in the evening, Saturday evening, 8 o'clock in the evening. And they went into, like, 1 or 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. So 6, 7 hours. And, uh, you know, so this is a quite a bit of energy that it takes, quite a bit of commitment. Um, and uh, in that kind of a setting and context, I think... What St. Paul is saying here, kind of like it makes more sense to us than how how we are now. You know, the time goes on and uh, the number of Catholic Christians grew huge amounts. They had opened up massive basilicas to, to house hundreds if not thousands of people gathering for the Eucharistic liturgy. And it, when it becomes that kind of a, that big thing, it's a good thing because it means more people are being baptized, more people hopefully are being taught the way of salvation. Uh, but it also, it decreases the kind of intensity with which each individual Christian appropriates their understanding of their faith. Uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of good and bad, but that's where we are today. And and how can we capture, again, this 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 primitive zeal and fervor and joy? That's a question I ask myself. What do we have that can harness our energy and bring us back to the joy that and the zeal that St. Paul is talking about? What do we have in common, maybe we might also ask, between our brothers and sisters way back 2,000 years ago and us here today? And that is the Eucharist. Eucharist. So while all of these different forms and formats and methods of assembling and gathering, those all have evolved and changed. The one thing that has remained the same is Jesus Christ, presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity on the Eucharistic table. That alone has the power to unleash this kind of zeal, this kind of identifying in love with one another, this kind of eagerness to serve and to show up to be counted, um, to participate, to be active. It's the Eucharist that enables us to do that, and that's what we celebrate today.